Welcome to Inside Acne X, a series where we discuss TV, film, video games, virtual, augmented, and mixed reality with the residents who work at Acme's screen-focused co-working space, Acme X. I'm Amber Gibson, the community coordinator. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, on whose land we meet, share, and record this podcast here in Melbourne. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This week we're talking to writer and narrative designer Alexander Swords about his work and how he's moved from writing for film to writing for video games. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. To get started, are you able to explain what narrative design actually is? Sure. I mean, so writing is, you know, what you would expect kind of writing still to be, and it comes from the filmmaking tradition of dialogue and descriptions for things that play a face in kind of text. Narrative design came along because there was just a a kind of, I'm not even sure kind of how it started, but basically studios just realised that the only way games are going to go forward with meaning and, you know, for players to really understand why they're doing the play that they're doing was to make sure that stories integrated as early as possible in the entire process. And most of that is that connection between story and how players need to be the ones to move forward in that. So it's about understanding game design, level design, the dialogue recording, even animations, economies, you know, all that stuff that kind of works behind the scenes to make the gameplay function. It's a way of understanding how story impacts all of those and how obviously they feed back into story as well. And part of that is because there's a bit of a a natural kind of obstruction going both ways between story and play. Play in in its purest form needs to be voluntary. Um, That's when people have most fun. The problem with that, though, is story requires certain things to happen in certain ways at certain times to elicit that meaning or that emotional kind of response we want from people. So narrative designers, it's their job to balance between story and gameplay. Was there a pivotal moment that made you move towards writing for games over film? Yeah, I think it was just because that was the place that I always wanted to be. There is huge potential in interactivity and story. And I was always kind of happy playing in the the film space, but it never really satisfied me in the same way that games writing does also too i think just before we moved over to berlin um, i played a game borderlands 2 what i actually loved about that game was even though it is a first person shooter there is actually a lot of heart in that story and there's something about the the interaction between the interactivity and the story in that game that actually made the whole thing sing in a way that i never experienced before in film the exact moment for me where, where games, I guess, kind of won my heart again was, this is, it's not embarrassing, it's fine to talk about crying. There's extra content to, to Borderlands 2, which is about a character called Tiny Tina running a D&D game in their universe, but it's actually about her processing the grief of a character that dies in the original game. And even though it's in this weird, very kind of violent environment of what Borderlands is, there was a tenderness to it that was absolutely heartbreaking. I'll spoil it a little bit. At the end, obviously, she has to come to grips 
with the grief, but it's a really nice moment. There are other characters there that, that support her. But what really makes it sing, though, is, and I won't spoil this, is there is a moment afterwards where there is more gameplay and you actually get to play out the catharsis of that experience that she's having afterwards. And so I was playing this moment through tears at the end and I just went, wow, this is surprising in a way that story is very rarely surprising. And there is something magical about being in the driving seat. I felt connected to that character in a way that I've never felt connected to any other character. And that was kind of one of those moments where I'm like, I want to write stories like this. I want to be able to create a story like this and, and to put people in that moment. What are the major differences between writing for games and film? It's definitely a case with, if, especially if you're a writer and who wants to move into games, it's always going to be a, a matter of trying to find the right game to work on, less so than whether you have the specific skills or not. If you know how to write for film, generally speaking, you're going to be able to at least begin the process with working in games. If there's one difference between my job and say a film writer in the pre-production process or the writing process is I have to find out from the game and the designers where is the actual opportunity to tell story? What are the mechanisms that I have? Because some games will have dialogue, some games won't have dialogue. Some games will have environments where I can drop down story content into the environment for the player to read there. Also what's interactable. Sometimes the environment's interactable, sometimes it's not. So that is a bit of an element that can be quite different to film. But I would also say it's not too far away from what film writers might have to consider as well because they do also have their own limitations in terms of what genre are they working in, what audience are they working in. The other issue, though, is just the, the sheer kind of production process and how things all kind of start can be quite different. So with film, as a writer, maybe working with a producer might, you know, have an idea and kind of go from there. And then it's a process of maybe, you know, designing the entire narrative at a time and then writing drafts and then seeing where it can go. And then it's a matter of, you know, finding money and director and then making, making all that kind of come together. You put story at the very centre of that entire process. Uh, games at the moment is still, for the most part, there is some kind of mechanic, which is the beginning, the kind of kernel of the idea. When I say mechanic, it's anything that's kind of interactable in games, um, what we call verbs, essentially. So, you know, a game will kind of start with a designer wanting to explore a driving game, and they'll just start coming up with a car. And it won't even be a car, it'll be a grey box in the process called grey boxing, literally. And then it's about getting those those interactions feeling good. And then maybe story content will almost accidentally get added to that as that iteration process goes through where more details get added. So it's literally, okay, great, I'm driving. The driving feels really good across the flat surface. Let's add some hills. So the designer is not really thinking about what implication hills have to the story, but now there are hills. Long story short, things get added and added and more detail kind of gets added to a point where inevitably someone will go, but why are we driving? And that's when, you know, a writer in some form or another will kind of come on board or a narrative designer. So just to clarify, the game's designer would essentially build the world and then the narrative designer comes in and gives an understanding of why that world's been built and how the character moves through that world. For sure. It'd be the same as, you know, a, a director and a production designer getting together and going, we just want to create 
a cool thing that investigates this kind of thing. And we're going to have this set and it's going to be these people, or maybe they'll even get the actors on board to just kind of play with who the characters are, but not necessarily understand what that is in the wider context. And it's a reality at the moment still that games can be basically built and seen and played all the way through before someone thinks about the story and why people might be wanting this kind of experience. If you're a film writer, we have the dramatic question, which is a wonderful tool for film writing. Does the character achieve the goal that they've set themselves to achieve? And that's that's fine for non-interactive because the audience is just watching and they, for the most part, are willing to suspend disbelief knowing that the author or writer will take them down the route who, you know, provide them with the answer. Um, but unfortunately in games, the player is your protagonist and they don't know what their goal is necessarily. You've created this world for them to play in and it's the most important question we're constantly asking ourselves in life. Why are we here? Um, and so you need to be able to tell them that. And then also they need to know what can they do in this world? What are their verbs? What What is their point of contact with being, you know, the trigger for moving the story forward? What resources do they have? You know, what can they rely on? What are they managing? Sometimes that's tangible in the sense of, you know, literal money or inventory or whatever. Sometimes it's intangible as well, right? It's relationships and time and, and all that kind of good stuff that makes film story work so well. That's all interactive for us. We need to manage that as storytellers. You're currently writing for a game called Totem Teller. Can you talk about how you are creating that narrative-driven experience for players? Yeah, it's interesting. Totem Teller is a really good example of how games can be very different from any other type of storytelling, at least of which because the game itself is actually about the exploration of storytelling. So I find a lot of the process then is actually just about understanding at what level of story that I'm writing at any particular moment. But to give kind of a top overview i guess games in particular and totem teller quite specifically we basically just start with an intention so where film you might actually have a very specific pitch about a specific story and then you'll end up with a draft of that story that you might be able to start shopping around in totem teller and, and games in general you kind of just start with a very general idea and that could be just as simple as i want to create a game where we have to inspire a character based on some story experiences or some story exploration. Then we start to kind of craft on, well, what does that experience look like for the player? And that's the other real difference between most modes of storytelling is your player is your protagonist often and you need to understand what that experience is like and then how to craft that experience so they actually understand what it is that they're doing, that they feel like they've got a sense of purpose and then hopefully that they're actually achieving that purpose. Are screenwriters seen as desirable talent when applying for games writing jobs? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's it's very common now, uh, especially for the bigger studios, to actually say that they they want people with screenplay writing, that they're very comfortable with screenplay writing, and they will take screenplay examples to apply for some of those jobs. The the games industry is very good at recognizing people for doing the thing. So it's less about degrees and more about have you actually done the thing before. So any kind of even low-level experience that you can get, the games industry generally is really good at recognizing that. There's also, to be honest, a shortage of skilled writers working in the game space at the moment. So that's forced studios to be more open-minded about who they will take on board in terms of who they want for narrative. 
we've spoken about the crossover between writing for film and games. Are you able to speak to other opportunities that might be arising across both industries? Yeah, that's also something really exciting. I mean, obviously we have game engines and now they're kind of taking over some of the production stuff in terms of like what would normally be traditional film and television processes. And that's everything from kind of architecture through to making ads for cars or even car design, all that kind of wonderful stuff. The opportunity there then is if we're all using the same tools, we can kind of come together and get the best of both worlds. In games, obviously, you have people who are level designers and it is their job to understand how to make sure that any geography in the game maximizes the potential for play. But there still isn't really too much of a focus yet on how that 3D environment really can impact story or really help lift the entire experience. And that's where I'd like to see our DOPs, our production designers coming into that space in a greater way because they understand that it's not just about shapes and light. It is about meaning as well. And even things like now we have amazing tools to mimic different lenses and gameplay spaces and we have virtual production to thanks for that a lot of the tools that we have for games to look as beautiful as they are today have actually come from the film industry demanding more from from these kind of tools so in a lot of ways james cameron has been kind of pivotal in pushing for that with all that virtual production stuff that he's done and demanding our tools be better to encapsulate all that because he understands how important all those things are the great thing now is those tools are not just in the domain of James Cameron and, and whether it's available to everyone now. It's literally anyone with a, a laptop can download Unity or Unreal this afternoon and start learning how to do that. And it will come with a lot of those tools to, to make those kind of spaces. So there's a huge opportunity there for those who want to be in this space, again, to just spend a little bit of time understanding these tools, not even necessarily knowing how to use it themselves, but at least understanding how to communicate, how to use the language, who you might need to talk to, to kind of get these visions across to make some really amazing, beautiful stuff. And the, the advantage of that too, in particular, is there is an efficiency there. If everything is in the one tool in the one 3D space, then everything can be used for multiple different reasons. So I know there are some projects floating around where they, from the very beginning, you know, they didn't write a screenplay for a film to be made or just, you know, come up with some narrative design for a game to be made. It was from the beginning understood to be a story that would be told in different parts across different mediums. So they're using the same assets to create the linear film, which are also making the interactive experience for the game. And they've also got, they've also got a process to basically capture stills to produce a comic that can then be printed out of the whole thing as well. And so obviously there's an efficiency there because it's all the same assets. It's just a matter of kind of deciding then how it's going to be presented. We can really now get to that point where we can understand what kind of story do we want to tell and what really, what medium would be the best to tell it and then leverage a whole bunch of opportunities off that. Can you provide the audience with kind of a next step that you would suggest if they want to learn more in this space? 
Sure, absolutely. I mean, my first my first response to that always for writers in particular is look at tools like Twine. There's another one called Ink. Um, any of those kind of very simple interactive tools just to get your kind of interactive literacy up. They're very accessible and they can be used to get projects up to go for jobs, that type of thing. In terms of everyone else in production, virtual production is your gateway drug and you should consume all things virtual production. Uh, the advantage of that obviously is it spans both spaces so they use language from both industries. So both Unreal and Unity, they're the main engines in this space at the moment. If you go to their websites, if you search on Google for Unreal Virtual Production, you will get their resources on virtual production and they will break things down into as much detail as you need to really understand where those things kind of do intersect. I think it's a smart thing for film people to be doing anyway, because even if they're not interested in games, obviously virtual production in the future is, is still going to be an important part of the tool set. And then going from there, you can then just see what catches your eye in terms of virtual production and talk to people. And obviously I'm here in Melbourne and very active in this space as well. Please, people are welcome to reach out to me on Twitter as well. I'm at Swords Narrative on Twitter. Always up for a good conversation about where people can go. Thanks so much, Alex. To learn more about Acme X, our website and Twitter are listed in the show notes alongside information about each of our guests. 